the whole experience of being in this church was not so much we were the refugees and asylum kids that needed help, but we were part of a family. Welcome to season three of the Surrender Podcast. I'm Craig Petty. And I'm Charlene De Los Santos. Together, we're the directors of Surrender, a collective of people and organizations carrying a message to motivate, support, and equip us to live out the radical call of Jesus amongst the margins. In this podcast, we're providing a platform for conversation and storytelling, as we hear from some friends who embody this message. While we might not always agree with everything we hear from one another, what we desperately want to do is create a space to listen and to learn and to find Jesus in the centre of it all. We were privileged to hear Tree Nguyen share his story at a Surrender Leaders event recently. It was a profound moment for all of us there and he's graciously allowed us to include it on our podcast here. We're deeply grateful for Tree's vulnerability and courage in sharing his story with us. And as we consider the unfolding crisis in Afghanistan, this story is a challenging reminder to the roles that we can and need to play and a pointer to what the Kingdom of God looks like. We encourage you to join the Australian call on our national leaders to provide urgent action for the well-being of refugees from Afghanistan. Take action at surrender.org.au. Tree is someone I've known since I was in high school, since I was 16, uh, when he was a youth worker in Melbourne's western suburbs. And as I was trying to figure out, yeah, how do I follow Jesus in my high school? Um, and he's been a real uh you know, supportive mentor and um, especially for me and my husband together over many years and he's been an older brother to us. But let me read his bio. Tree is an ordained Baptist pastor and he's currently an associate at Ashburton Baptist Church here in Melbourne. Tree is a former refugee boat person who arrived in Australia from a refugee camp in Malaysia due to the compassionate initiative of the Fraser government. Tree came to faith through the extravagant welcome, hospitality and nurture of a local church. In 2014, Tree walked to Canberra with three asylum seekers to deliver a boat as a gift to Parliament, a symbol of gratitude for the gift of refuge that he and his family and generations of refugees have received. Parliament, however, turned down the offer and Tree's boat has been floating among the offices of Parliament for the last seven years. Later, uh, we hope next March, Tree intends to walk the boat back to Melbourne with other asylum seekers as a form of prayer and lament. Please uh, welcome Tree. Thank you, Charlene, and thanks uh, for the opportunity to share a bit of the journey with you. Um, this week has been uh, quite difficult for, for me as uh, lots of images from Afghanistan has brought uh, back memories but they're not so much about my memories, but uh, my people's memory, uh, and particularly my dad. Uh, I had to ring dad uh, a few times this week just to check how he's doing, but it, it was actually my mum that uh, needed to talk and process. Um, what she's seen happening in Kabul is, uh, brings back all the days when the tanks rolled in into Saigon and my dad was in Saigon at the time and he was taken and she had no idea where he was for, for several months. Um, what happened to him was he was taken uh, and imprisoned and uh, after several months uh, when the, uh, the new government 
establish a re-education camp. He was taken there and he was to remain there um, for several years. Um, when mum found out that he was taken to these re-education camps, uh, there was no way of visiting um, uh, until a year later when they can bring up supplies for my dad, but also for all the other men that are working, uh, laboring to clear out jungles to farm the land. Um, so uh, yeah, the, the, the memories and the stories that I've been inherited and I've heard over and over has sort of resurfaced this week in a sort of very painful way. Um, when, when my dad was released from uh, re-education camp, uh, he was able to, to work with my uncle in building boats and the whole time they were uh, scheming to flee the country. Um, we had four different attempts to, to flee uh, and each time it was traumatic uh, and which I, you know, no time to go into details here, but the fourth time uh, we made it out to sea, but mum and my two siblings got held back and they never make it to the boat. And uh, dad, myself and my sisters were, were on the boat waiting, but we had to flee uh, and couldn't risk it. So my family were split at that moment and to a refugee camp in Malaysia, but we were in the middle of a, a storm um, for four days and the storm sort of pushed the boat towards the border of Malaysia and uh, Thailand where we were captured by pirates and they cage us for uh, several days. And each night they separate the man, the woman, um, and uh, the kids uh, separately. And they would strip search uh, us uh, to see if we've hidden any um, valuables in our parts of our bodies. Uh, quite a few women were raped uh, during that time. But it was all done at night and in the middle of the night, uh, for me as a kid, it was a, just a horrendous dream. It was worse than any nightmare because you go through the warehouse, you get stripped, you get searched, and then you walked out back into the dark where um, you, I can only hear the screams of the people uh, and then walk towards where the people are screaming. Um, and we, that happened for uh, several days before they finish what they did with us and release, release us to um, United Nations and uh, taken to a refugee camp. We were on a refugee camp that was set up by the Fraser government. Um, and uh, after uh, my dad, sister and I were the fortunate ones that after only being there three months, we were accepted to come to Australia. But we had to go first to Kuala Lumpur for another, to another camp uh, for six months um, and then arriving in Australia in 1982. One of the uh, most significant events in my life besides that, that escape from Vietnam was the minute that we arrived uh, in Melbourne, uh, we were taken to a hostel in Mabinong and we were surrounded by Australians uh, they came in from all over the place and just to provide uh, us with all the necessities that we need. Um, my sister and I were giving clothes and books and toys. Um, but one particular group of people uh, 
was a Baptist, local Baptist uh, church, um, Muni Ponds Baptist. The whole community just came into the hostel each day and they would sit with us and uh, help my dad to learn English. Uh, some families of the church invited us to their homes for uh, a day. And then during the uh, summer holiday, they even invited us to their um, summer, hol you know, Christmas holiday. And so what the first summer that uh, we were here, first Christmas, we were taken to Kahuna, uh, Outback Australia, and surrounded by Australian people uh, and having this Christmas uh, event and without very much English. Uh, and most of the country folks had never seen a refugee before. So it was quite a remarkable welcome and just love. This faith community also did more than just welcome and, and uh, care for us. They changed the way they worshipped. Uh, they changed their church life in order to accommodate the growing number of uh, new friends. And so I remember as a kid uh, learning, uh, this church had stopped singing hymns, but sang songs like, if you're happy and you know, clap your hands. If you're happy and you know, clap your hands. So we were, all could participate. Um, in this church, there were hundreds of uh, nationalities and lots of different languages. So they uh, uh, put, in the pews, uh, four different languages that you can switch to to hear the sermon, as well as somebody up at the front interpreting. My dad came to faith very quickly because of just the, uh, the way in which he was loved and cared for by this community of faith. My sister and I came to faith sometime later, but the way in which I came to faith was not so much by a gospel tract or a... a an explanation of salvation, but the embodiment of love by the people of the church. And I was discipled by five senior folks uh, who mostly are widows. Um, I'll just tell you one of them, her name's Mary Kelly. Uh, Mary would uh, take my sister and I to her home every weekend and would just care for us because my dad had to work several jobs um, in order to uh, provide for us here, but also as well as sending money home. And Mary just loved us like we were her grandkids. Uh, she would uh, read us stories. We would play Scrabble that we can learn English and she would take us to church and then take us home. And Mary did this for three years, just took us to her home every weekend. But Mary was getting on and she needed to be in a, uh, with her family and then, aged care, and I didn't see Mary again for another 15 or so years. But every birthday, uh, she would send a, a birthday card with a $20 note. And being a migrant family, we moved around a lot, but she would always track us down. Um, and then when I was uh, married, uh, I wanted to go and visit Mary because we were near uh, the area where she lived. And I went into the aged care where she was and uh, Mary had a photo of my sister and I. Uh, Mary had quite a lot of grandkids, but we were very special to her. And this was kind of the community that welcomed us as a migrants or refugees. And there was, the whole experience of being in this church was not so much we were the refugees and asylum kids that needed help, but we were part of a family that loved, that cared for us. 
And the church worked tirelessly to help my dad sponsor my mother and uh, bring my two siblings over. It took eight years, but they persevered. They would ring uh, embassies. They'd fill out every forms. Um, and the day that she arrived, the whole church was there, even though it was like 2 a.m. in the morning. And so mum, as she uh, come out of the uh, door, were greeted by not just us, but a whole community of, of people who have loved us that whole time. Uh, I didn't recognize my mum. You know, my dad went and hugged this lady and I'm, going, I'm not sure if that's mum. But um, yeah, that experience of being loved and cared for by that church has uh, modeled to me what following Jesus is like. And since made a commitment to um, surrender to Jesus, uh, that's how I have um, lived out my life and done my ministry. It's about creating space where those on the margins can find a home and find a place where they can belong not as a label or as a need, but as a person, uh, fully who they are as a person, regardless of what brokenness and experiences that they might have. And one of the um, experiences that, uh, that has been very dear to me is being in community with uh, asylum seekers who are mostly from Iran. So while I was at Brunswick, I met a lot of Iranians who share their stories with me. And, and Somas had lost her husband uh, while she was fleeing Iran. Um, she was separated also by one of her sons. She and her other son made it to Australia, but had no idea. Um, so she was very broken and traumatized by just lo losing her husband, also, but also um, not knowing where her son was. Uh, she was able later to track down her son who was uh, in Turkey and, and alive and well. But Somas uh, loved uh, the community that she was a part of and loved how we re uh, created a space for her to just be in her brokenness and so on. And she shared her life story with us. She loved learning about the Bible and she loved learning about Jesus and she wanted to be baptized. Uh, and she blessed our community and brought us to tears, but also bring us so much joy just by how she had experienced Jesus uh, in being with us. But it was through hearing uh, her story and others that uh, I felt really helpless about uh, our context, our, our political uh, situation. And at that time, everything was so negative. And I wanted to do something that changed the conversations that's to be much more about gratitude and, and positive, um, about how refugees are so grateful in, in being welcome into this country and having a new beginning. And that's what uh, it's been about. Um, so, uh, decided to uh, walk the camera with the message of this thankfulness and, and also an opportunity to share some of these stories that have uh, been shared by our Iranian friends. Um, I didn't had in mind to uh, asylums to walk with me because I didn't want their situation to get worse with uh, their application for visa. But three of them really desperately wanted to walk. And uh, 
Linda, uh, here she is. She's a, a Muslim lady, um, but she says, I cannot just sit and wait. Uh, I'm going to walk uh, with you. And uh, to her credit, her and Muhammad standing in back, uh, we walked uh, for 35 days all the way to Canberra. Um, and along the way, we meet incredible friends uh, who welcome us into their homes. And Brad and Colleen are there um, and into communities. Um, and it was very special. It was the Australian that I know, uh, that I believed in, the ones that are, um, you know, in their heart of heart, want to welcome people and, and want to see the other as person. Um, David Andrews uh, came along on the walk. Um, and we got to Canberra, but we, unfortunately we were there at uh, a time where uh, Parliament had disbanded. So we had to come back later in the year and present the vote to Parliament. But uh, as you heard, Parliament rejected the gift because it didn't fit the art criteria. Um, and so uh, Andrew Wilkie uh, had the idea of he will host the boat and then it will uh, be shared um, among the other uh, MPs who yeah, use, will uh, host. This is Sayed, uh, who uh, I've met eight years, uh, seven, seven years ago. Uh, he also came to faith and was baptised. But to this day, the government still don't believe that he is a Christian. But, uh, yeah, Sayed is it's just a, a beautiful man uh, and, um, yeah, suffer incredibly. But for the last nine years that he's been in Australia, his application has been refused uh, a few times. And, uh, and every time, even though I've written, I've baptised him, I've written how... He's been the most committed Christians I know. He, you know, comes. He's the only one that wants to do Bible study. He comes to all our uh, events, but um, I still don't believe that he is a Christian. And what made it worse is before he was given a work visa, but now they also took that off him. So the last time I saw him, I say it, he was just broken and depressed and just have lost all. Uh, sense of hope um, and so it was through meeting with him again that I decided no, it's time to go back to Canberra and uh, to um, walk the boat back and this time it's not so much about gratitude but about lament and so I'll leave with a prayer that I want to share to a parliament house but also along the way on the way back hopefully in March next year and this is the prayer Australians, let us rejoice. When children are reunited with their mothers and fathers, when those detained are released from years and years of anguish um, detention, when men and women seeking asylum are granted citizenship. Australians, let us, let us rejoice. When we again commit to our international obligation to protect and assist refugees, we pray today for our nation, Australia, one and free, that we will remember how to show compassion and share our freedom with others seeking a new life. We pray that Australia, abounding in nature's gifts, that we again learn to show generosity and hospitality to those seeking our help. We pray that Australia, with boundless plains to share, will continue to make room for those who come across the sea. We pray that Australia will learn 
again, to toil together with hearts and hands with others to solve issues of our world with creativity and generosity, seeking to heal and to restore. We pray for our multicultural identity that we continue to celebrate our diversity and to celebrate the richness of our story passed on by our first people and added to by generations of refugees and migrants. We pray that together with our children, we learn to seek to forgive, seek forgiveness when we are confronted by the injustice that our nation has inflicted on others, that we will find the humility to listen and to have the courage to change. We pray that as new people of this land now call Australia, we will learn to respect elders past and present through sitting and listening and being willing partners in the work of reconciliation. We pray that this Commonwealth of ours will again be renowned among all the lands for our compassion and commitment to human rights. In joyful strains, then hear our prayer. Advance Australia Fair. Thank you. <laughs>